You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From baseball's top personalities. The Hall of Famer, one of the great TV broadcasters, Bob Costas is here on A's Cast Live. To the A's legendary players. Five-time Major League Baseball home run champ, Mark McGuire is with us here. You never know what stories you're going to hear. We used to come out here to lunch and run with our shirts off. (laughs) (laughs) You would say. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Welcome to another edition of A's Unfiltered with Chris Towns. And today we're going to be running Jessica Kleinschmidt's interviews, the special with Jess. It's going to be Tony Kemp, Jonathan Papabon, Eugenio Suarez, and Jesse Winker. All coming up next right here on A's Unfiltered. Jessica Kleinschmidt here as A's Total Access presented by Chevron continues. Joined by utility man, Tony Kemp. Tony, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I mentioned the term utility man, but this is more than just the positions you play, but you're moving up and down the lineup and you're kind of com- coming off the bench in different clutch moments. How is that imperative to your success in, in your versatility? Yeah, I feel like it's always a, a good thing when you can bring multiple things to a team. And, uh, you know, these guys have been great all year. And I feel like a lot of players on this team have learned a lot about themselves, especially in a year that's been, you know, not as great as we planned it for it to be. but. Uh, you know, I learned a lot about myself and, you know, obviously whatever I can bring to the team and, and help out in any way, that's what I can do. When you're saying you're learning about yourself, is this stuff just more than on the field stuff? Yeah, I mean, you understand, you know, when things aren't going your way, you know, you you really value, you know, your true character and really how you um, approach the game, how you come to the field each day. And, uh, you know, you just have to come with a positive mindset, and a positive attitude. And I feel like you know, that's all you can do. You're, you're, all you can do is give your best effort and your best attitude each day, and that's the things that you can control. And you mentioned some of the struggles. You know, your first half was, was tough, and you even told us it's probably one of the worst first halves you've had in your career at the plate. But, you know, you're evening yourself out in the second half. Did the All-Star break help in that aspect? Yeah, I feel like just having a reset, being able to not think about baseball, spend time with my family and McKenna and Michelle and... Uh, just have a good reset, and I feel like it was good for the mental as well. And, uh, you know, once those days passed, I was able to just go out there and just, just go have fun. And I feel like sometimes you get wrapped up into, you know, wanting to do so well, you forget that it's a, a kid's game, and you just got to enjoy it and just, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And Mark Kotze said as his career extended, that all-star break, he knew how to handle it better as a veteran. Was that kind of a positive aspect with that? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, the older you get you know you look up and all of a sudden you're 30 years old and uh you know you're one of the veterans on the team with you know more service time than most guys and uh you know you understand what it takes to to bring it each day and you know especially in a full season there's so many ups and downs you just got to stay even kill you met you know you're an older guy and a group of younger guys there's you and there's the pinders of the world the steven votes the jed lowry's what's it been like to kind of step up in that leadership role i feel like it was an easy transition for you yeah i feel like um, you know, most of my life, I feel like I've just kind of been a guy that go out there and try to lead by example and just play hard. And, you know, that's why you play a full nine innings. If that's anything I've learned over my career is that, you know, the game's never over until that last out's made. And, you know, obviously the guys are what make it so great here. And, you know, Pender, Jed and Elvis, and you really, you really can't ever stop learning in this game. And I feel like that's what you have to continue to do. And, you know, 
don't know what next year is going to hold for, you know, what this team is going to look like, but you just take it a day at a time and try to stay as present as you can. Have you been able to learn a lot from the younger guys as well? Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, when the younger guys are going out there and doing their thing, I mean, the one thing that you learn from them is, you know, they, they don't know any better. And I feel like sometimes when you know more about the game, sometimes you can try to do too much. And, you know, when the younger guys are just going out there and just giving it, you know, having fun and doing what they've done in the minor leagues and, I feel like that's what you sometimes have to reset and do as yourself. I want to go back to you and McKenna and Mish. There was a really cool moment. You were standing right out here in your uniform after the game, and I was like, what's this guy doing? And then I see Michelle come and then Paige and, and baby Yaz. You guys were posing with photos. So tell me about your background with Yaz and then just how that photo came to be. Yeah, so uh, my wife was the one who actually uh, – you know, told Paige, hey, we need to get the, the, the babies on the field and matching outfits and, you know, get this picture because, you know, one day we're going to look back and we're going to want this picture. And, you know, Paige ended up taking the ferry across the across the way and Michelle picked her, picked them up and uh, they drove to the game. And then uh, they were like told Yaz and I to stay in full uni and stayed in full uni. And we got to just have a moment that I feel like, you know, we're going to frame those pictures and those pictures are going to be around forever. And you know, those are the memories that, you know, that's really what it's all about is, you know, really enjoying time with your family and doing what you can. And, um, yeah, it was just an awesome moment. And did, were the babies pretty, they were pretty cool about everything? They were good? They weren't yeah. divas at all? Yeah, no, they <laughs> they were playing in the suite together, and uh, we got some pretty cute pictures up there. It's just, you know, going back to Vandy days, I was just texting Yaz. I said, back in 2011, I said, could you imagine that we'd be taking pictures like this? And he said not a chance so uh just very thankful and it's cool that we both have number five and uh playing for two bay area teams and um two two months away from each other at the babies uh three weeks, three weeks. wow oh my it, gosh. Yeah. i thought it was two months my bad yeah three weeks yeah so um yeah they're both crawling now and it's just it's a joy it's a joy to see their progress over the the past couple months you know, something I've always admired about you, and I bring this up every time I talk to you. I know you're a baseball player with your career, but I have to remind myself often because you're just, you're a good human being. You take pride in that. Where, why why do you feel like a compliment like that is not only good, but I feel like that's a message you like to kind of shed. Yeah, I feel like, you know, people come to the game and they, you know, see the baseball players and they just say, oh, they play baseball. They don't have normal problems how everybody else does. And that is the complete opposite of what it really goes on and you know we have problems with our families we have problems with our you know the surroundings and you know we are human and I feel like sometimes people forget that so anytime I can try to say hey we have things going on outside of our just regular lives too then I, I do it yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you give back a lot. And I'm not just talking about this, you know, giving your gear to, to young kids, but you and your wife have, do a lot of philanthropic work. Yeah. Plus one effect comes to mind, you know, planting trees, all this other stuff. How important is it for you and your family to give back the, to the community? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just one of those things when you have a platform and you can do it. And, uh, you know, it's you don't do it for to be recognized. You just do it because it's the it's right thing to do in your heart. And. Um, you know, obviously sometimes it, it gets publicized because of, you know, I play in the big leagues, but, you know, other than that, I feel like it's just a, a good thing to do, makes you feel good in your heart, and uh, you're able to help out the community, help out people who can't, you know, necessarily help you out, and I feel like, you know, that's what it's all about. It's all about paying it forward.
And is there one specific takeaway that you're like, this is why I do it with some of this philanthropic work? Yeah, I mean, you hear so many stories. I wish I could share all of them, but, you know, when people slide in the DMs and, you know, people are wearing the Plus One Effect shirt or uh, saying, hey, I had a conversation with a coworker. Um, that's a, those are the things that really say, okay, yeah, you're making a difference in this world and it doesn't even have anything to do with baseball. And uh, I feel like those are the things that whenever I'm done playing, I'm going to say, like, obviously I gave it my all on the field, but, you know, I made a difference off the field as well. Thanks for your time, Tony. We had to yell at each other because of the music, but it's worth it. It's okay. It's all worth it. Appreciate you. Welcome back to A's Total Access presented by Chevron. Jessica Kleinschmidt here joined by all-star pitcher Papel, John, Jonathan Papelbon. So first of all, thank you for so much for stopping by, but I just casually mentioned some of these all-star selections, but that's, there's a lot of credentials that you have attached to your name. What does it kind of feel like when you look at your baseball reference page, you got all these like banners there? Um, you know, for me, I didn't really pay attention to it a lot when I was playing. Um, but now that I'm retired, as you can see, it's all behind me, you know, Gorgeous. Uh, yeah. six all-stars, my world series, Rolands relief pitcher of the year is why, you know, it's just, um, it's something that when I was playing, man, I really didn't think about it. I lived in the moment and, um, I tried to kick ass that night and go eat steaks and drink great <laughs> wine afterwards. So that was how I rolled. That's how I'm rolling. So I'm right there with you. Um, and you know, you played in for a, we played for a while. You had a pretty illustrious career. So you saw a lot of versions of the game, you know, talk about from maybe when you started your rookie year up until you hung up the cleats up until now, what are some major differences you've noticed in the game of baseball over time? Yeah. You know, that's a good question, Jess, because, um, (laughs) You know, I came in the game where steroids were still legal. There's no drug testing. And then, you know, uh, all of a sudden now we're going to Congress and steroids are getting tested for. And, um, you know, we're getting drug tested, you know, pretty heavily. And, um, you know, there was no such thing as a guy coming from a ball to the big leagues. That was very rare. And now, I mean, you got guys coming up and, and they're 20 years old um and you know now as i got older and, and transitioned towards the later part of my career um the coaches were are, are, are no longer in control you're you're looking at um six seven people that make up the lineup every night um general managers are calling into the game telling managers what to do um uh, you know, it's, it's nuts, you know, so, but with that being said, you know, I had kind of a tough time towards the end of my career, kind of adjusting to that, um, you know, uh, players have changed, you know, the, the pimping of the home run, the, you know, the not running out the baseball all the time, it, it just kind of has become part of the game where that's not how I learned how to play the game. You know, I came up with the Red Sox and it was, um, it was fun, but it was also tough. You know, I was I was on a team where I think I was the youngest player for a couple of years there. You know, we I came up on a very veteran laden team, and um, you know, it, it was it was fun. But at the same time, you know, there was there was none of this going on in the game, and so. But you know, they say the game changes. You know, every ten years or so. So I was fortunate enough to see a lot of transitions in baseball, and. Um, you know, I, I always mess with the guys like Jim Rice over there at Nesson and stuff like that in Boston. There's some of your old-time players that, mm-hmm. you know, I wish I would have played in their era. 
because, you know, well, not, not when it comes to the money, you know, I'm glad that I played an era where I made, you know, money like they do now, but you know, they didn't back then. And, but the game was so much more pure and that's, that's kind of how I I went about it. But um, yeah, it was interesting to see all that throughout my career. And let's talk about the pimping of the home runs, because I can see where fans would love it, but you as a pitcher, if a dude is pimping on you, what's your reaction as he's rounding the bases? Yeah. You know, look here, look, I, I have no problem with pimping a home run or any of that. Um, I know the fans love it. Look, and, and you play the game for the fans, but for me, it boils down to one thing, showing up a player, and, 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 it, and there's a fine line between showing somebody up on the field and not, you know? Yeah. So um, to me, you know, you hit your home run and you can do a little bat flip and you get around the base. I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I, I really am because if I come in the game and, you know, I'm on an emotional high and I punch out the side and close out the game and I give like a fist pump or, you know, I'm really into it. You know, you should be fine with that too. I, and, and, where for me it comes into you know a gray area is that you know you pimped a home run you look at me around the bases you're doing stuff while you're going around the bases and it takes you 20 minutes to get around the bases you know yeah that to me is you're showing me up whereas you know I played with David Ortiz who hit 500 plus home runs and he did his bat flip he did his and but he got around the bases and did it. He never showed anybody up. Mike Trout, he doesn't. He hits plenty of home runs. He may do his bat flip and all that, but he doesn't show anybody up. There's a big, big, fine line difference, you know. And if you're out there showing me up, I'm drilling you. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, it's how it works. Yeah, and I, and I can appreciate that. And when it comes to you know, you're saying you're going to drill him. You said that recently about Fernando Tatis Jr., who of course tested positive for steroids. Suspended for 80 games now. One of the arguable faces of the game. When you say you would drill him, why why that reaction? Okay, here's here's my reaction to that. Is uh, I worked my ass off for my entire career. I did it the right way. Never failed a drug test. Um, never did steroids. Played the game the right way, and expected the same from my teammates as well. You know now. Oh, you have a guy who has already signed a 300 plus million dollar deal who last year gets in a motorcycle accident, which is number one um, against most contracts. I don't know what the Padres were thinking and, and, and just letting that slide. Um, and number two, now he's on the IL all year long and gets busted for steroids while he's on the IL. Yeah. And so, you know, um, for me, um, that's a case where you're showing me up, right? You're, you're doing something to mock the game, to mock me as a player. And to me, like, I'm going to show you that I, I don't, I don't agree with that. And my way of showing you, I don't agree with that is I'm going to drill your ass every, every time you come up and I got no problem with that. And I'll tell you I'm going to do it and then go do it. So, you know, and if you got a problem with it, you know, I'm 60 feet away. That's, just, you know, so yeah. end of story. What if, if he was, what if he was a teammate of yours? How would you react? Okay. So if he's a teammate of mine, here's, here's how, and, and this, this has happened to me before too. I mean, mm-hmm. you go through the whole Mitchell report and 
there were guys on it. There were guys that are accused of it that weren't proven there and, and blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, if I'm Fernando Tatis and I'm, and this is, and, and I'm in his situation, right. I don't come up with all the bull of, Oh, I had a ringworm. And, you know, like, first of all, if you have a problem of a, a medical condition, you go to the team doctor, uh, period. And the team doctor is not going to prescribe you any kind of lotion with steroids in it. It's the same D. Gordon and Freddie Galvis got busted for. It's an anabolic steroid, period. And then now all of a sudden, daddy's going to come in and try to rescue, you know, Junior. His mom as well. Say, His mom as well, yeah. And, and mama too, right? Uh, yeah, like now his dad, I forget what his dad said last, that it was a hair product or something. Yeah, he, he, I believe he got his hair cut and the cream, he got an injury from the haircut, like a cut or something like that. The cream that they used to prevent that cut or help the cut had this substance in it. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, now, okay, are y'all going with ringworm or are you going with the haircut, right? Right. right. So, so to me, Go and apologize correctly, okay? First of all, you screwed up, number one, by, 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 by coming up with an excuse. Nobody wants to hear an excuse, bro. It, it's, you know, I look at Andy Pettit, okay? Andy Pettit, there you never heard one damn excuse. He said, man, look, I was trying to come back off the IL quicker. I did it. There's no excuses. I'm sorry. And I will show that I'm sorry and I'll prove that, you know, I'm sorry. And yeah. that's what he went and did. And you never heard a thing after that. The only thing that you ever heard was from the guys that try to make these bull excuses. You know, at the end of the day, uh, his agent, I think it's Dan Lozano, whatever it is, totally mishandled this. I, I think he's an idiot, too. Um, I think his mom and dad are being idiots about trying to come into this situation is too. My, first, second of all, my mom or dad, if this happened to me, my mom or dad, you would never hear from them, right? Granted, his dad still played, but even still. And, um, you know, to me, it's just apologize the right way. And that's the way I would have done I wouldn't have come up with an excuse. Yeah. First, the ringworm excuse, number one. And number two, I would have talked, I would have flown in to, to San Diego as immediately as this happened, and I would have, I would have had a players-only meeting, a players-only meeting, which you know I don't know if you know about, but that's players-only, nobody else. It's very, very private. And I would have said, "Hey guys, listen, I was trying to get my ass back up here. I did this these steroids to try to get back quicker because I believe that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to get back quicker. I believe that. Yeah. And you know, guys." And I'm going to show you that I'm sorry and I'm here for you guys and whatever I can do to make this better, I'm going to try to do. And I want you guys to know I have your back. I hope, you know, I can prove that y'all will have my back as well when this is all said and done. And it's that simple. Boom, 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 we're done. But man, it's turned into an absolute. Show. So I think it's more of the factor of how it was handled as opposed to the fact that it was done. Like you did it. We all know you tested positive. It's how he handled it in the end. Right. I'm not mad at him for doing it, man. You yeah. can't blame the guy. Like, right. I, I, everybody makes mistakes, and I've made thousands of them. I mean, mm -hmm. hell, 
I'm a, I was on the field dancing in my underwear, bro. Like, right, come on. <laughs> Everybody makes a thousand, like, but at the end of the day, don't people. We all, like, when you me like that and you tell me it's a ringworm, some hair product, then you're making me feel like, oh, I'm an idiot. No, I'm yeah. not an idiot. I know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. And I feel like steroids are, they definitely... People create their own storylines with them. Steroids ne- didn't really bother me for a while. It's just how it all, like the media portrayed it and how everybody reacted to it. So I think that's the ultimate thing that people don't understand. Steroids happen. They're going to happen. I don't think they're going to go go away ever in professional sports. It's just yeah. the after effects. And yeah. Yeah. And see, here's another thing is the players and science will always be ahead of the test. Mm-hmm. They'll always be ahead of the test. And so I can, I, I'm not 100% sure. But I can guarantee you what happened was he wasn't prepared. He didn't have the right protocol intent to pass the test. And he, you know, and bam, he got busted. So, mm-hmm. like, this is like, he's been passing tests before. Like, you know, like, don't, he even said that I've taken so many other tests. Oh, yes, congratulations. Yes, you passed those, but you on this one, buddy. Yeah. You know what so, I mean? Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Um, and just, and just from that perspective, you know, the A's faced the Astros a lot. We know the Astros cheating scandal proved during that 2017 World Series run. You know, as a pitcher, what's worse for you, knowing that you're facing a guy who's doping or a guy who knows exactly what you're about to be throwing? What would get you more upset? What, yeah, what would, you, what would get you more upset? I've, I've heard many, many okay. pitchers have told me they'd rather throw to a PED guy than know what he was throwing. Okay, well, let me tell you something right now. All those other pitchers you talk to, um, I don't know about them, but if I know a guy has my signals, I'll tell you by the way he check swings, by the way he swings, by the way he takes a pitch, mm-hmm. whether or not he has my signals. Nobody ever had my signals because, number one, all the signals that I gave or that Veritech or whoever my catcher gave, Okay. I told my own game. So if I caught the ball – with my glove up, that means it was a heater. If I caught my ball with the glove to the side, it was a slider. If I caught it underhand, it was a slip finger. Got it. Or if I if I swiped twice on the mound, that was a fastball. You know, I could always change it up. So to me, these pitchers these days that are sitting here saying, oh, I don't want them to steal my sign. Well, f- change your signs up. Like, you know, like it's part of the game. Stealing signs has been a part of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, and everybody does it. Right. And so it's only a matter of time till some of these people start hacking into these pitch comms and start getting those. So what are you going to do when that happens? Right. Yeah. So to me, I'd rather pitch against a PED guy and, you know, whatever. I that's I don't know, man. That's how I look at it. And what about the the fact that it is more of the technological perspective and, you know, seeing Altuve get booed, seeing Alex Bregman get booed. Is stealing signs the way they did really a big deal? And I'm asking that as like a fan. So do you you think it's exaggerated how people are reacting? 100% it's not because everybody else was doing it. And it's the new age. It's the way the game has changed. Everybody, everybody, everybody gone digital. So guess what? Now you got to steal signs digitally. Yeah. I mean, so the cheating and stealing signs is never going to where you're playing football baseball hockey or whatever right yeah because if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying it's true it's very true i'm always trying to find the the edge to lose like a little bit more weight so i get it 
Um, now, <laughs> so now that you're, you're, you're done with baseball, as far as playing you're on social media, social media has a huge reach, especially compared to when you were actually playing in the midst of your career. But, you know, just for you personally, you'll tweet something out. And that's when you see a lot of the Tati stuff you were saying, you tweet something out, boom, it's a headline on an article. What has been the exposure aspect and for you noticing that you're hardcore on social media now because you tweet something out, bam, you're a headline. What's that been yeah, like? You know, yeah. So my Twitter at the real J Pat 5A, you know, so I look when I was playing, I didn't really want to with it. And then as, as, when I got done playing, um, I just I needed like a a, a, fre a breath of fresh air, do my thing. In fact, my psychiatrist told me to get home, start a garden. I started this garden. And oh, I love shit. that for you. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so um, it was all great. And then, you know, as time went on, all these people started contact. Well, I need you back in the game. Come on, like, let's do this. Let's do that. And so I finally kind of gave in, um, you know, so. I jumped on with these people at better than Vegas. And, you know, we did this, we, you know, we got the blackjack and Pat podcast now too. And so I enjoy it, you know, and I've always, even when I was with reporters with me, you're going to get Pat. As going to say, you, you didn't, what? I don't think you held back ever. Right. No, I never did. And, 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 and like, to me, if you ask me a question, I'm, answer it honestly I'm not gonna pull a Derek Jeter and beat around the bush and give yeah. you the right answer or you know uh, even a David Ortiz where you know they're in positions where oh you know they're we gotta answer this the right way nah like if I if a reporter came up to me and he asked me a question I'd, I'd answer it honestly and I'd, I would say what's up you know or if his breath was terrible I'd say your breath stinks get out of here you know? I appreciate like, that I really do you know? Um, I just, I just I, look, look, I do me. And if you don't like it, I don't give a right. That's just I, how I, I roll. I get that. I, I appreciate that. But you said you weren't, you didn't want to mess with social media at, at the beginning. Why? Well, number one, you know, I needed, when I, when I retired, honestly, actually, I didn't officially retire. In the case, paperwork's, you know, the paperwork's not done. The paperwork's not done. In I case got they you. Come out some yeah. kind of new age technology where, you know, I can get my arm going again. That's so. why I didn't mention the word retirement. I said you were done. With <laughs> yeah. I just know that there's all those technical terms there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I'm going to announce um, Papelbon's return to the game at this very yeah. moment. He's returning. Wow. Just there we go. It's done. <laughs> yeah, there we go. No, so, I mean, for me, you know, I just, um, I needed a break because I really st I started to hate the game. I started to show up every day and be like, oh, I gotta go to work again. And as soon as I caught myself saying that, I said, man, you know what? I could have kept playing for, you know, another year or two, couple million dollar contract here or there. But to me, it wasn't, I had made money. I had made one moral series and it wasn't really about that. It was about enjoying life. And I, I really wasn't enjoying showing up every day. And, yeah. and, and look, I, I, same thing I told, you know, Terry Franco and Theo Epstein, they wanted me to be a starter. I said, I'm not going to enjoy being a starter. So therefore I don't think I'll be successful. I want to be a closer. And so, you know, I'm not going to do, you don't know me very well, but I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. I and think that that's so, fair. I was just going to say, you have a lot of self-awareness. I can tell that about you. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I feel like that's important because, you know, either you're going to be in my corner and or not, or either you're going to like what I have to say. You don't have to like what I have to say. Yeah. I get it, man. Yeah. But at the end of the day, don't tune in. Well, you know how many people could have just been like, screw it and just played for millions, even though they're miserable. A lot of people probably would have done that a lot. And I know you did have, you did have money in the bank, right? It's not like you were struggling right. for money and all of that, but right. you know, you could have easily been like, what if you, what if you never won that world series though? Would you would still try to play? Cause I know some people, yeah. Cause some Great people question. want that. That, that, that all comes into play, you know, but yeah. for me, it was, it was part of my decision. Yeah. So if I, if I wouldn't have, I probably, Probably maybe would have grinded it out a little bit more to try to get that world championship. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And it, that's kind of cool. Like, and I think it's really important. People just like, Hey, I'm not going to do this. I'm like that too. That, that's healthy boundaries. Pablo That is healthy yeah. boundaries. I love just, it. I, it did take, it took me a long time to figure out that in many psychiatrists. So yes. <laughs> I, I know I totally, that. I totally get that. Um, and that in your garden, like, let's go. Yeah. Um, we, you mentioned before we hit rec the record button, you did have some playing days with Jed Lowry a, a long time ago. He was just released by the A's. We saw him in the clubhouse, a very emotional um, experience for him and a tenured A, which is not something you see very often, a veteran presence, you know, being able to see him kind of as in his infancy in his career. What's it like being a teammate of Jed Lowry? You know, with Jed's, you know, he, he was the, the, the ultimate teammate or business partner or, or, whatever you want to call people it. People don't talk about his know? business partnership. He's a great businessman. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so, um, you know, for me, when you go to work with somebody every day that you can respect and that, you know, what you're going to get out of, you know, for me, Jed was just that guy that, that consummate professional, you know, which you really, really don't see in this game. And, and that's why he was tenured with the A's for so long. You know, he didn't necessarily work, out in Boston just because I think we were a more veteran type team and and I think they were able to get a lot for him at the time which was you know which was Theo's model of you know building a team but man I've always I always loved Jed Jed was great um he took Ricky Hazen pretty well which was you know good and yeah you know, I mean and then he turned into the ultimate leader in my opinion you know he he, he is a reason for a lot of the A's success in that clubhouse you know I want to know what it was, what you did to Hayes, Jed Lowry. I can't even like picture it. Well, I'll tell you what, um, what, what you're allowed to admit that yeah, don't, yes, don't mess sure. with bro code. I got that. Yeah. So I'll say this, we dressed him up in something pretty sexy and took Ooh. him to a pretty, pretty sexy place. And, um, he, he, he was a pretty good bartender. I will say that pretty good bartender. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Jed Lowry. I love that. That made my day, you know, cause you know, I've been covering him since he was a veteran. So to know that he was rookie, he was Hayes as a rookie one time. Ah, uh, that makes my day. Yeah. Um, and you know, when he was released, we of course had to ask our skipper, Mark Kotze about it. Former teammate of Jed's former teammate of yours. What kind of a player was Mark Kotze? I got to watch him and cover him a little bit, but now he's my manager. So I, I wanted to, I know he was insanely competitive. I just want to know What's Kotze like as a teammate and a player? Yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head with uh, Kotze, man. He, like, literally, like, <laughs> I mean, you're on the plane, and, and, I mean, he can't lose the card game. He's, you know, it's um, ultimate competitor, which which is the same way I am. So, me and him, we kicked it off great, you know. Um, 
You know, Cots was when, when 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 he came to us, we were a veteran team. He was a veteran, and he just stepped right in, man. The thing that I always remembered about Cots was is that it didn't matter what age you were, where you came from, what nationality you were. If you were on that team and you were here to help us win, bro, he took you under his wing, man. And, and like, not just one person, the whole team. And I always knew, I always knew he was going to be a manager. Like, I always knew, like, he's one of those, what you call lifetimers, right? Yeah. Like, he just can't get away from the game, no matter how much it, it, it just, it's like, in his DNA, you know what I mean? And um, he's, to me, he's, he's got to be the ultimate players coach. Like, I mean, he has to be. You know, I didn't play for him as a manager, but I played for, with him as a teammate. So ultimate teammate. So I say he's got to be the ultimate players coach. That's why I say that. So, um, and man, did, you know, Cots, he, <laughs> he brought the fun to the atmosphere too. You know, I, I'm not going to repeat any stories, but he, he did bring the ultimate fun to the, to the, to the clubhouse, to um, the dugout. You know, he always kept it live. I know it was never like, I mean, to me, what always amazed me was like, there was never any like pressure on him. Like this cat was just like, cool cat from Cali, Cal State yeah. Fullerton kid, like, you know, like, long hair, don't care back yes. in the day. Like, it would be like a, I think he was a left-hander off the bench, yeah. And it would be like, he's coming in facing Mariano, best in the game or some big, you know, situation. It's like, ain't no big deal, you know, right. like, never got too big for him, which I always loved. And it's interesting because I've talked to a lot of athletes over the years, and I feel a lot of the successful ones are the ones who can stay even keeled, never too high, never too low. And I feel like he's even like that as a manager. And was there any instance, cause you mentioned, you know, he's, he's a baseball lifer, which is great. That's a very rare opportunity, but was there any sort of instance where you were like, man, this is manager vibes right now? Yeah. You know, you can even without Scoro, you know, when you play with these guys on the team, it's like their brain, they have a brain that can just like analyze stuff so well and they see stuff that other players don't see. And that's why I say with Cots, you know, this guy would come up to me and he would be like, Pat, you tipping. I'm like, huh? I'm tipping. He's like, yeah, you know, you like your glove is like one inch this way or that way. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, like I'd go like back and look at it on video and it, it would be that, and, but, but I wouldn't admit it to him, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So, um, but you know, just little nuances like that, that he could see like nothing ever got past him. Yeah. Nothing ever got past him. So that's why I say, you know, he's, he is that ultimate like baseball rat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was anybody ever nervous to tell you these things? Cause I mean, I'm not, ner I'm not, you don't intimidate me, no offense, but I can imagine that that is not the case with you. So Katze would just be like, Hey man, you're tipping what you probably were people scared to approach you and offer you advice or anything no, like that. No, look, man, because at the end of the day, like when you're in that clubhouse with me, like, you'll see that like, man, like I keep it fun. I keep it light. And, um, you know, it's, to the outside, yes, I could see a lot of that because I was intense and I and and I'm I'm just an intense person to begin with. But you know, even with like the you know reporters and stuff like that, like I would 
give very short, quick answers or like, you know, like if Heidi Watney asked me the same question again, I'd be like, Heidi, shut up. You already asked me that. Yeah. So like, like I could see that, you know, but that's just me being real. Like, you know, Hey, you know, you've asked me that already. Shut up. Like next question. Yeah. But at the same time, like the, the teammates of mine, like, man, we, we were just like that. And like, if I, if anybody ever, you know, felt to where like I was unapproachable, I never felt that. No, because I always made sure, like, I would always go up to people and I always made sure like within my teammate now, within, yeah. within the clubhouse that nobody was ever unapproachable to me and, or, or would be the opposite to like, they couldn't, I couldn't approach them, you know? So now from the outside looking in, yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's cool though. I mean, I've been covering this game long enough. I was a fan at one point and I'm doing it. A lot of people surprise you and you've definitely surprised me, not in a way where I was like nervous, but you have a pretty dope spirit and it's been really cool catching up with you. Right. It's really awesome. Thank you, Jess. And, um, Stay tuned on Twitter at RealJPat58. I was just going to ask you, there's probably some stuff coming up and I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, you're fantastic. Yeah. I appreciate you so much. Okay, Jess. Thank you very much. Good talking to you. Jessica Kleinschmidt here as A's Total Access presented by Chevron Rolls On, joined by Mariners infielder Eugenio Suarez. Eugenio, how's it going today? Very good, thank you. <laughs> you had a two-homer night last night, and when you have that kind of a game, what's your mentality at the plate? Are you seeing anything a little bit more clear, or what's your mentality when you have a solid performance like that? No, like you see, I just be uh, so comfortable on the plate. You know, I got a really good night. I see the ball uh, really clear, like you say, and... Um, uh, they they make a mistake too uh, right there, and I was ready to hit the ball, not for Homer, but putting my best swing on it. I was just concentrate on, you know, see the ball longer than I can and see it right there, and not try to chase. I know they got really good. Uh, yeah, Irving got good, really good staff, and uh, I was ready for him. When you're playing third base, I'm always curious when the visiting third baseman comes into town. There's a lot of foul territory. How do you cover all of that? Do you feel kind of spoiled with all that extra? I feel more comfortable because I know I got a lot of uh, foul ball territory. It's not, uh, I got a chance to, to, to cast all that fly balls. And uh, I just, you know, I like to play that and uh, feel like this because you got a chance to, get to cover all the uh, foul ball territory. What is it adjusting after you're playing here for a series and then go back to the normal aspect of the foul territory? I mean, we got to, uh, when, when I get to, to Seattle, you know, we got early war and see, kind of feel uh, family again with the, with the feel and uh, that's, that's how you make that adjustment. I'm a big Joey Votto fan and obviously you spend a majority of your career with him. What's it like having a guy like that as your teammate? He's the best. He's the best. He's, we're still talking about hitting, about everything. He, he's one of my best friends that I make in the... And baseball, and my baseball career, he helped me a lot. He, he just, you know, one of the best hitters I never see in my life. And uh, I just, you know, like I'll tell you, always talk to him when I need something about the hitting. I send the videos to him, and he, he just, we, we just talk about baseball, and uh, we enjoy the moment. I enjoy the moment with him in and Cincinnati. And, um, yeah, he's, for me, he's one of the best. I agree. And you mentioned, you know, your time with Cincinnati. You were so grateful for all the time you spent there. But it feels like the transition to this new team was pretty easy for you. What was that like? It was. They make it easy for me. They make it the more easy that I thought. And, uh, you know, from the beginning, first days uh, and, and, and the spring training, they, they, they made me feel like them already. And, uh, you know, when you got all the support and the, all the 
uh, make you easier. So that's why I feel so so happy to hear, uh, so so proud to be part of this uh, wonderful team. And you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll every time tell them, we gotta enjoy the moment. We gotta enjoy the moment, and uh, that's what I do. And right now, enjoy this team a lot. You have this, you know, good vibes only mentality, and everybody just speaks volumes of your laid back personality. How imperative is that in the clubhouse to in your success as well? Uh, for me, it's more like it's more important, you know, than play, than make a good plays and hit a homer. For me, it's just keep it that same energy, uh, goodbye. Try to to give it to the guys, uh, even the young guys, and uh, and uh, you know, just I always tell goodbyes. It's just because this is the game, and we gotta enjoy this game so much because sometimes this game is harder. So this game, we make it harder. And uh, if you enjoy and you got that mentality, just come to here and enjoy the game and play hard and and do what you what you gotta do. And uh, for me, it's more easy to play baseball like that. Feel that comfortable, not. Sometimes you feel frustrated, but it's part of the game. You gotta, you know, buy, uh, turn the page and, and you know, uh, do it every day. And 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 that good vibes only uh, always hold, uh, help me, to, you know, to keep in my mind and there, keep in my mind here and the and the game. And uh, I just enjoy the moment. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, staying even keeled as much as possible. You had an up and down 2021, but September your numbers blew up. And I think I saw something, you had an eye adjustment, you were adjusting with your eyes. What has that helped you? And have you brought that into 2022 as well? I mean, it's just that comfort, you know. I know I know what I can do, but uh, like you say, the beginning last year was tough for me. And I just, uh, even I met, I almost lost my job at third base and I play every day. But I make my adjustment mentality first because... Sometimes you like you like I say. Sometimes you not feel good, and uh, and uh, when you lost your your job like that, like I, what happened with me, it's not a secret. You know, I lost almost I lost my job last year, and uh, but in them I got my job back, and I told this guy like I can't play, and uh, I do my best of working hard, just like you know, like uh, I love this game, and I want to be there every day. And uh, this year I told this keeper uh, like, hey. I just want to play. I just want to give me the opportunity, and I show you what I am and who I am. And uh, like I'll tell you, just enjoy the game and come here. You know, I feel grateful to play every day uh, with Seattle right now and uh, do my best for the team, even when I when I'm not play. Your, rep- your reputation certainly precedes itself. Now, before I let you go, despite covering the A's, a lot of Mariners will chime into my mentions on Twitter and talk about you. What can you say about them having your back and you know back in Seattle? I mean, just you know, uh, thank for the support, thank for watch us, support us, and uh, keep doing it. We 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 here for doing it. What we've been doing it and wins most games that we can. Just thank for the support and and appreciate everything you guys are doing for us. Jessica Kleinschmidt here is A's Total Access, presented by Chevron Continues, joined by Mariners' Jesse Winker. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, no problem at all. No problem. You know, you talked about just being here at the Coliseum yesterday. You have this beautiful quote about the history aspect of it. What makes it so fun to play here in a very unique atmosphere? I think just starting there, it's it's a unique place. Um, and the history, like... I said Ricky Henderson and Reggie Jackson are like two of my all-time favorites, and you see their number and name up in the up in the stands here, and it's just a cool place to play. You know all the guys that played here, the all the iconic plays. I just got done watching the Jeter documentary and the you know the flip play, and it's just a really cool spot. Um, so really, just that, and obviously, Oakland's a baseball town. Um, I was lucky in my time in Cincinnati to. Um, 
to speak with Joe Morgan on a few a few times and get to know him and he's from here mm -hmm. and every time we came here well we came here one time with Cincinnati he came here and he always you know had a lot of pride for Oakland and, and his hometown so too soon to talk about the flip play we're still very sensitive to that yeah. <laughs> what advice does Joe Morgan give somebody wow um a ton of hitting advice yeah. um I used to always love listening to him speak about hitting and just speak about the game um you know last year the all-star game um, his family gave me his blessing to gave me their blessing to wear his jersey um just an all-around outstanding man and I miss him and um yeah when these two teams go up against each other it feels like the Mariners are kind of a big thorn in the A side what kind of works for y'all every time these two teams go up against each other oof um you know we have an outstanding team here we um, we have a great pitching staff, great bullpen. Um, we can really play defense, and we can hit. Mm -hmm. So um, every time we play them, it's a good game, and um, we seem to um, we seem to just play a clean game against them. And anytime we do that, I, I like our odds against anybody. And you know, you transition from the Reds to here, and that's more than just moving from an organization that's a whole different lifestyle change but you seem to kind of make it seamlessly and I talked to a Eugenio yesterday and it feels like the guys just kind of welcomed you with open arms I feel like that really helped the transition for sure um anytime you can come into a place and it's like you've it's it feels like you've been here your whole career it's it's going to make everything easier um it's my first time being on the west coast for an extended period of time and everybody here has helped me out immensely um and they've made me feel like um this is home and it it, it is home and um, I'm excited about it. You're no longer a rookie, but you're not quite a veteran yet, so you're kind of in this in-between phase. What are some of the goals you have right now as you head toward extending your career as an MLB player? Really to stay healthy. Um, it's funny you, you mentioned that because I feel that. I feel the um, I'm not a rookie, but I'm not a veteran. Um, I think it takes certain steps, certain games played, accomplishments to really hit that veteran status and I'm nowhere near that I actually feel like I'm closer to rookie status to be honest with you um and I, I think that doubles down with my personality I I, I don't really know I, I just nowhere near a veteran um so I think I think you have to earn that I think it comes with playing I think to become a veteran you have to play and you have to clock in and um until I do that consistently I won't be a veteran and I feel like for when we describe a veteran, we put the years added to it. But I feel like the knowledge is definitely more than the years there. For sure. I, and I think that comes with playing. Mm -hmm. You know, the more you play, the more knowledge you obtain. And then you're able to share. Like, I, I have nothing to share mm -hmm. because I haven't played enough. Um, so that's how I feel about it. Um, I hate I hate the, um, I don't want to say hate. I strongly dislike the stigma. Like, I really do think being a veteran, you, you have to earn that. Um, and it's something that just can't be given just because you, you, you've collected some years. I think you have, the games have to follow it. More than just a baseball reference saying he was with the team for six years, what have you. For sure. Like, you know, you could, you could be on the IL. I think really to earn the veteran label, you got to be on the field. you got to be playing. And you mentioned you sometimes feel like a rookie quite a bit. And I've noticed, you know, the last time you were here, you took somebody's GoPro and took batting practice with that. It feels like you're sitting in still the still learning phase, but you also have this really laid back, fun personality about you. How has that kind of helped your career? Um, it has helped because this is a game that's going to challenge you, especially mentally, um, day in and day out. So just being able to kind of take it in stride, um, you know, it's it's 
it's a new year for me. It's 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 in a look. It's in a bunch of places that I, I'm playing in for the first time. So um, you know, I, I just wanted to have a lot of fun with it, but at the same time, you know, work and and take this this thing seriously because we do have a good team and we do have a good shot to win a ring. So um, I like to have fun, but I also like to uh, to perform and, and help the team win too. Has that been difficult to even that out? Because I feel like when you have a laid back vibe, it helps you, but you also have to kind of be focused in all of that, especially on a team like this. For sure, and I don't, you know, it, it's all fun and games. Like when you're performing to how how you want to play, and you can be laid back and. You know, I think when you have that personality and it dub- and the, the performance isn't following, it kind of appears that you're lazy or you don't care. You know, and that's not the case. You know, I'm not going to change my personality based off of, you know, performance. That would be really hot and cold. Um, you know, I like to kind of just ride the wave and then hopefully, um, you know, the ball finds some grass in the meantime. Yesterday you had this at bat where you thought you earned a walk and you were almost halfway down to first base, but it was a strikeout. What happened there? I just didn't hear the umpire. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, It's the first time that's ever happened. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a curveball from Luke Jackson, Zach Jackson, Jackson, Zach Zach Jackson, Um, that that hit the top of the zone. It was a strike. It was a good call. Um, And I just didn't hear him make the call. Um, you became a dad, and I can tell that that's become your world. What's that been like for you? Ooh, life-changing. Um, I miss my daughter on a daily basis. Um, I look forward to when I get to see her again, but it's, uh, it's taught me patience. It's taught me all these good things. Um, I take a lot of responsibility in being a dad, but especially a girl dad. Um, you know, you see all the things that women are doing these days. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And um, I'm just looking for my just looking for tips and guidance on this on this journey of being a girl dad because I know she's only two right now but I know as these years progress it's only going to get more challenging so I'm looking forward to that and um every time I think about her she puts a smile on my face you're glowing I can totally tell thanks so much for joining me today and no problem thank you well we'd like to thank Tony Kemp Jonathan Papelbon Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker both those guys from the Seattle Mariners for joining Jessica Kleinschmidt thank you for listening to A's Unfiltered now back to A's cast powered by iHeartRadio this has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics hey Rob Bradford here you guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on wasabi action so why is wasabi the mvp well wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.